0: Natural rubber for those farm tires you use only comes from one part of the world. What if something goes wrong? Welcome to Around Farm Progress, a podcast that looks at agriculture issues across the country. I'm Willie Voecher, host and editorial director for Farm Progress. We don't often think about the base materials that make up products we use every day. The pandemic has raised awareness of sources and locations for key materials around the world. But. Solving supply problems is no easy matter. Consider natural rubber. Southeast Asia has long held the leadership position in rubber production using specific trees that grow only in the region. But what if you could grow a plant that produces natural rubber right here in the United States? Turns out there is such a plant, Wayuli, which by the way, is not pronounced how it is spelled. This desert-loving plant produces natural rubber when processed and Bridgestone Firestone is looking at this new source as a way to broaden the supply chain in the future. David Dierig, manager of Agro Operations for Bridgestone Firestone, discussed Waiuli, its production process and an opportunity for farmers during National Ag Day on the National Mall. Listen in to get some key details about this unique plant as a new source of natural rubber. Oh, and yes, I do say synthetic rubber during our conversation, but Deerig caught me. Listen in. So, uh, David Deerig, welcome to Around Farm Progress. Um, We're talking today about something I don't think a lot of people think about is where rubber comes from. And you can talk to me about how Bridgestone Firestone is looking at that issue, right?
1: Bridgestone's interested in really creating a... Domestic source of natural rubber. You know, we have to import all our rubber from Southeast Asia, um, and there's a lot of risks that are associated with that. For one thing, the rubber tree that grows there is a clonal tree, meaning that everything is genetically the same. So, if any disease or something like that would come up, I mean, that could really uh, wipe out the whole forest. And so there's that issue. And then there's also the supply issue. You know, right now everybody knows about s- supply chain issues that we're having. But if something, if there was some kind of political instability that was occurring in that region, then supplies could be cut off. And that's what happened in World War II. Our, all our supplies were cut off. And we had to scramble and find a domestic source. The
0: United States started working on Waiuli at that time. That's interesting because it, it looks like a weed. <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting plant. Where did Waiuli come from, and how did how did that become something that got people's attention for natural rubber?
1: Well, Waiuli was actually discovered in the late 1800s. Uh, that's when it was botanically named. But research really didn't start on it till maybe early 1900s. It's always associated with a war effort because that's when people realize that oh my god we need this for our economy for our defense systems for national security and so that's world war one there was a little bit of research on it but in world war two there was this emergency rubber project that happened and this took place in arizona um, and regions like that and so they started growing wayuli they collected it from the wild uh, where it comes from and. Uh, like the Big Bend area of Texas and then down in through Mexico and they collected seed from the wild and just started growing it in Arizona Uh, they had probably about 30,000 acres and so this continued through the war and then when the war actually they never harvested it uh, they never for bulk uh, but uh, they learned a lot about that plant during that time
0: So now it's 2022, why are we looking at Waiuli now? Partly for the supply issues, but how is Bridgestone Firestone looking at this today?
1: Well, they see as the demand for natural rubber increases by tire companies. Every tire company is looking for an alternative source, whether it's Waiuli or uh, try to make synthetic rubber better, but there really hasn't been good progress in that area. Um, But everybody realizes recognizes the problem with just having one geographic source and one plant species that produces natural rubber. And so that's what got Bridgestone thinking about it. And back in uh, 2012 is when we pulled the trigger and said, yeah, we're going to make this an R&D investment and we're going to try to get it to commercial stage. And so now uh, we're transitioning from that R and D period to a real business venture, and so we're we're making plans that by 2027 we're going to have our first commercial facility opened in Arizona, and so it'll only be on a quarter scale. Will the the plant will have four different processing lines, but only one will be opened, and then later as. We progress, we'll open the other three lines. And so that one line uh, will take about 20,000 acres. And then the full scale will take 100,000 acres.
0: So there's two things going on here. One, you have a new source of natural rubber, and rubber from Waiuli is the same as rubber from a rubber tree in Southeast Asia. But two, this is an opportunity, a business opportunity for farmers in the Arizona area to start, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really at a timely period that it comes in because of the water shortage in Arizona where all growers uh, received a letter from the irrigation district telling them they had to cut back to, most of them are about three and a half acre feet that they get now instead of what used to be five acre feet. And so that drastically reduces the amount of water for other crops like alfalfa, if you were growing alfalfa, you couldn't grow alfalfa on all your land because it takes twice as much water as that, some. And waiuli takes about three to three and a half acre feet. So you, a, a grower, could grow waiuli on all his land and not have to keep any fallow, and that reduces like dust pollution, uh, things like that. So it, you know, it's a more sustainable crop for that region.
0: Well, and that's interesting, too, because it is a perennial crop, so you think the contract will run, what, six years in the life of that plant on those acres? Talk to me about the life cycle of raising it and harvesting it and how that works. Okay,
1: yeah, it it is a perennial. Um, We harvest it every two years, but it's regenerative, so we don't plant it every two years. We just cut the plant off at ground level, and then the plant regenerates itself. Um, and then we, we let it grow for two more years, harvest it again. So we know we can do that at least three cycles. Maybe it could be longer. Uh, we don't have that data yet, but we're planning on six years. And so that, that brings up that it allows for a no-till practice, so good for carbon sequestration. It allows for a lot of other things like drip, irrigation, irrigation. We can cut back on greenhouse gases. Uh, It really doesn't use, we haven't used any insecticides on it. Uh, There's something about the compounds in the leaves that insects just don't like. It has anti-traumatic activity, so it it repels um, termites. Um, We're working with a company that wants to make a biopesticide out of it. Um, So that tells you, like, Insects really don't like this this plant, except at the very beginning, when it germinates. We do have to treat that treat the seed with an
0: insecticide. So when we look at this, if I contract for this, I'm at least six years, and I'm getting a no-till benefit. I'm getting a health benefit, soil health benefit. You're gonna have people knocking down your door to <laughs> sign up for contracts. Have you had some early interest in this now already when you talk to farmers in the area?
1: Yeah, yeah, we've had interest in it, but. Part of the issue is that right now these other commodity crops like alfalfa, cotton, they're paying very high prices to growers to grow their crop. And, and then they have subsidies that come in that we have to compete against. And so until that playing field gets a little more level, uh, you know, it, there is competition. So it's not that easy of a sell, as you would think.
0: That makes sense because it would be, it's still an income conversation. Does Firestone know the true cycle cost to know how much they can really pay for these acres?
1: Yeah. We've, over the last five years, we've been working with growers. We've been like paying them to grow it for us and then getting what their costs have been. So we have a techno economic model based on their grower costs. And so we we're pretty clear on what, It's costing them right now. I mean, we still want more data from more farms to get it more accurate, but we have a baseline of what we think that is.
0: Well, that's pretty cool. So essentially, though, it's another way agriculture can be a part of the solution to an an industrial problem. or It is an industrial problem when you realize you only have one source outside the country, so that's cool. How much of this synthetic rubber would uh Firestone Bridgestone Firestone like to eventually replace in its supply chain with Wayuli.
1: Okay, let me correct that. That's yeah, please. it's not s- synthetic rubber. No, I mean, no. Yeah. Yeah, it's natural rubber. Yeah, sorry. And we see it, it taking about we would supplement about 20% of what we use.
0: That's pretty significant though it to is. put 20% and yeah. have it come domestically. And yeah. you're you're trying to get there by 2030 to get 20% or you have a time frame?
1: No, it'll it'll be um, I would say another 15 20 years by the time we get up to that amount. Our first plant would take uh, a total of 100,000 acres, uh, and we see like having maybe, using that as a model, and then having maybe 15 more of these plants gathered throughout the Southwest, so Arizona, California, New Mexico, Texas, uh, we could have these plants all over.
0: Well, that's exciting. Uh, sorry for my corn and soybean listeners that are in Iowa. You cannot raise Waiuli north of a certain line because it doesn't like to freeze. But it is, a, it is a solid perennial plant. And it's interesting to me, too, that the rubber that's in the plant isn't in the leaves, right? Right. right. It's all in the bark.
1: And that's pretty much like Havae I mean, the, the rubber tree in, in Southeast Asia, it's, it, they have these cells that go up and down the plant called Lytisopher vessels. That's where the rubber is. In in Waiuli, it's actually contained in single cells, and so rubber is in these parenchyma cells, and so they have to be extracted with a solvent to get it out.
0: You've got that all perfected. We've, yeah. Of course, we've been working on it since 42. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, David Dierig from Bridgestone Firestone, thanks for your help in explaining a new opportunity in U.S. agriculture and an interesting opportunity for a new source of rubber for the tire industry. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. Thanks to David Dierig for that fascinating conversation about what could be a new crop for farmers in some parts of the country. Wayuli. The Bridgestone Firestone facility is in Eloy, Arizona, and is already producing the rubber from contracted acres, as Deering shared. Broadening sources of key materials is going to be important for the future. Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source with 17 state and regional brands, as well as Farm Futures, Beef, National Hog Farmer, and Feedstuffs and our events, including the Farm Progress Show, Husker Harvest Days, and the New York Farm Show. And there's another opportunity for staying connected to Farm Progress using your smartphone. If you text FARM to 20505, you can sign up for the Farm Progress mobile text service. When you send that first message, you'll get a confirmation. Be sure to respond to that too, to get on the list. You can even eventually join the Farm Progress panel to share your insights with our regular polls. Once you're signed up, we'll provide a text alert of key information from Farm Futures and Farm Progress editors. Join us next week as we continue our agriculture journey around the country. I'm Willie Vod, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thanks for listening.